what I experience living in rural Australia. I experience innovation. I experience people with big ideas and huge energy and remarkable insight. I was hearing from people who'd made as many sales as they'd made in the previous financial year they'd made in a day on the back of a share on our Instagram feed. Welcome to the RM Williams Outback Great Australians podcast. I'm Terry Cowley from RM Williams Outback magazine. I hope you enjoy hearing from the inspirational men and women who fairly leap from the pages of our new Great Australians publication. One such is Amazing Grace Brennan, working from her humble headquarters at a kitchen table in the central west of New South Wales. Enthusiastic Grace has improved the outlook for hundreds of small businesses across Australia with her Buy From The Bush campaign. Big thanks to Elders for sponsoring our podcast. At Elders Insurance, the agents are local and trusted members of the community who get to know you and your situation. This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Yorta Yorta people. We pay our respects to their culture and leaders, past, present and emerging. I'm talking to Grace Brennan. Thanks for taking part in our Great Australians series, Grace. Thanks for having me, Terry. Grace is the founder of Buy From The Bush, a multi-platform online marketplace promoting beautiful things to buy from rural communities around Australia. Grace, can you take us back to when you launched Buy From The Bush? Yeah, it was in 2019 in October and where I live in Western New South Wales, we were at the tail end of a really severe drought. So it was probably about three years of drought at that stage or two and a bit years. And things were about as bad as they got in my community. And I was listening to a radio interview about the drought between the Prime Minister and a journalist. And as you do sometimes when you listen to a conversation that directly reflects on your kind of lived experience, it was irritating me. And I had to kind of sit with why it was irritating me. And my blood was boiling and I thought they're missing something pretty crucial here. And they were talking about funding packages and politicians often do, but missing the lived experience of drought, I felt really strongly that people in the city and and Australians needed to understand what was at risk, I suppose, in the current drought. It was so prolonged and what happens when a community is under that much stress for that long is that small businesses are really affected and households are really affected and it's so much more than a farmer in a paddock and crook stock, which is sometimes all you see in those cliched images of drought. So I was thinking about what I could do and I started off writing a letter thinking I'm going to tell them what it's really like. I'm going to shed a light on the experience of drought. And then I thought that letter is not going to do anything. So I decided to create an Instagram account called Buy From The Bush and start to showcase the beautiful things that you could buy from rural communities and just encourage people in the city to do their Christmas shopping in the bush. And I was hoping, I suppose, to, of course, connect new customers with these incredibly talented entrepreneurs out here, but also to kind of reframe the story story of what happens when drought hits rural communities and the impact beyond the paddock. Well, you certainly did that and so much more. So at that time, you were living in the central west of New South Wales near Warren, where you are now, and you were surrounded by a lot of women working off farm to supplement their partner's farm income. Yeah, exactly. I think that's kind of one of the subtle stories that maybe gets missed by people in the city when droughts take hold, that it's this economic downturn, but, but what you experience is a lot of hustle and it's people trying to develop diversify, trying to kind of engage in 
the workplace, maybe return to the workforce after maternity leave or after a sustained period outside of that because they need cash flow and the traditional industries like agriculture aren't generating that for the household. So there's talented women, especially men and women, but no, especially women, suddenly there was a side hustle becomes the primary income and you know they step into roles and they step up into bigger roles and they take on more work. And it's really inspiring to witness, but it, it also puts a strain on community and on households. And there's flow on effects like volunteering gets harder because everybody's engaged in work and trying to earn a quid. But what comes of it is this incredible creativity. And I was seeing artwork, jewelry, clothing, beautiful things being created and sold via social media platforms. And I just thought that if I could introduce some of that to my friends and family in the city, I think they'd really get behind it. And of course they did and and so many others did too. So what you're saying about what you were responding to when you're hearing that interview with politicians, you were really feeling like that Bush battler rhetoric was really needing an update. Yeah, I think unfortunately the Bush trends in times of crisis. So what people learn is this idea of the the Bush battler, which I know is an an endearing term, but it's so limiting and it doesn't really reflect what I experience living in rural Australia. I experience innovation. I experience people with big ideas and huge energy and remarkable insight. And so to always reduce us to battlers, I think it's problematic. And I also, you know, there's big money in agriculture and there's big investment. So it's not a good narrative to tell if we're only kind of hitting the headlines when things are are bad, because we know there's so much good stuff to tell and a good story to tell. So yeah, I think in a really subtle way, I wanted to let people into modern rural communities in a more nuanced way and tell them about some of the exciting things that are happening out here, both in agriculture, but also outside of agriculture. It also tends to be a rather male narrative. It really is. Yeah. Because it's difficult in some ways. I'm careful what words I use when I talk about this because many women I know are active members or active contributors to their farming business also. So when the drought hits and agriculture hurts, many women are affected by that also and are very engaged in that business. But there is this other life out here of women and men doing off-farm things. And yeah, I think if you reflect on the story of the bush and what we see in current media, it's often a man, you know, in his battered hands and and his big hat. And that's only part of the story. But tell me what happened when you set up this Instagram account, Buy From The Bush. Well, I think in the first week we got 100,000 followers. So it was pretty immediate. It went viral in the true sense of the word. And we were really explicit in asking people to follow and share with their friends. And I mean, we worked really hard and in a really uncomfortable kind of cringy way, hustling for, for media attention. And my aim really was to build the platform as big as it possibly could be because it wasn't a business. It was just an idea and it was just trying to spread a message at that stage. So trying to do lots of PR. And we had coincidentally, one of the morning television shows was coming out here to broadcast the weather as a bit of a drought special in the week that I launched the Instagram page. And Millie, who helped me with Bike in the Bush, suggested we needed to get in touch with them and ask if we could get on the camera at the, the weather cross. And so I put out a message to local friends and said, does anybody want to buy a Bike from the Bush t-shirt? I've got this idea. Do you want to come and stand behind me on the weather cross? And, and next minute we had kind of 40 women in t-shirts standing behind me with big, you know, handwritten signs. And it just went from there. I think people in the city wanted to connect with what was happening in the bush. They so often care but don't know how to help and so this was a really simple and enabling way to get people to drive dollars and also, I suppose, symbolic support for small business in the bush. That image that you've just described, t-shirts, people on camera, it sounds a lot like a political campaign. Oh, it 
absolutely was a campaign. I remember Ben Fordham called in the first couple of days and said, I'd like you to have you on the radio. And this moment of thinking, I don't want to go on the radio. Like, no way. My immediate instinct was to say no. And then I realized that if it didn't have visibility, <laughs> what on earth were we going to do with it? And I also remember in that first interview, he said, so what is this? Are you making money out of this? Are you clipping the ticket? And I said, no, it's it's a hopeful movement. And I think because it was simply a, a campaign or a hopeful movement of engaging people in supporting these small business owners, there was no, like I had no skin in the game at that stage. We weren't revenue generating. It was just something that people could, without restraint, get behind and share and tell their friends. And that was quite enabling for my friends and I who were working on it because we didn't have any of that sort of shame that you have sometimes around sales pitches. It was just trying to get as many people as we knew to know about what was going on in the bush. Looking for Australia's best range of full-size pickup trucks? Then you want a Ram truck. Get into your local Ram dealer for the best selection of powerful, capable and luxurious pickups all under one roof. With Australia's best range of full-size pickup trucks, Ram eats everything else for breakfast. Visit ramtrucks.com.au or see your Ram dealer today and get into a Hemi V8-powered Ram. Enough said. The 2.6 million of revenue generated for the 240 businesses featured, and that was even before the Christmas rush. Yeah, it was crazy. As soon as we would share a product, it would sell out, and the small business owner would have to kind of contact the supplier if they didn't make it themselves and ask for, for more stock. And then we'd sell the supplier out, and we were getting messages from Australian made wholesalers saying, Oh my God, thank you so much. My stockists have just gone bananas as a result of this. And then people who were making things at home were, were staying up around the clock to, to make because they're They've never seen such sales. And I was hearing from people who made as many sales as they'd made in the previous financial year they'd made in a day on the back of a share on our Instagram feed. So it was transforming businesses overnight, really. And and two years on now, we've kind of transitioned into a for-purpose business, an online marketplace. I suppose the next layer, you know, beyond that initial swell of, of revenue, people are hiring and expanding and growing and buying buildings on their main street and renovating those buildings and breathing new life into their small town. So there's been this really lasting effect and it's it's quite incredible to think about. So in the past where they may have viewed online as something negative, they were able to turn that or you were able to turn that around. Yeah, I think the idea that online is threatening the bricks and mortar stores in small towns is still felt, but it's also true that those bricks and mortar stores know that to really meet the needs of customers these days, they need to have an online and digital service. So once they do have that online or or digital footprint, they can access global customers. There's nothing really stopping them. And so what Buy From The Bush did was prove the value of really strong social media activity, a great online e-commerce platform if they were big enough to warrant that. And I could see in a matter of weeks up to that first Christmas rush, how sophisticated some of these businesses became in such a short time, investing in that storytelling. And as a result, I suppose, what I saw, because it was the end of 2019 that we launched and then the bushfires hit in January of 2020. And I immediately thought, well, who is going to care about drought when faced with these really scary bushfires? And maybe this is the end of our story, but we've had a good run. And of course, that didn't happen. What happened was that we had already created 
this channel to market for businesses and we had this audience and that audience was even more motivated to support small and to kind of know the value of their dollar. So it continued through the bushfires and only a small portion of our businesses were directly affected, but they were certainly well supported through that time. And then COVID hit and again, I thought, okay, well, that's probably it for Buy From The Bush. We probably should, you know, just be quiet and uh, and go and have a sleep and go and have a rest. But of course, there was this enormous need and, and support for domestic Australian business. And there was a great pride in, in supporting the talent that we had locally. And fortunately, many of the businesses in the Buy From The Bush community, they had already kind of leveled up their digital business and they really lent into that e-commerce space and, you know, businesses that had previously not had an online store, but only sometimes sold some things through Instagram, they started building online stores before COVID. So I have heard from a couple of people who said that it really helped them to trade through COVID. And in fact, I think rural businesses were well positioned to leverage opportunities that arose from that crisis. We're obviously smashing those geographic boundaries between city and country, between Australia and the rest of the world, which very much did set you up well for COVID. I think so. And having grown up in the city and moved to the bush, I've got a foot in both camps and as does Millie who works with me. So we were kind of two girls who had come to the bush with a city lens, I suppose, and really had our horizons broadened by living out here and and falling in love with it. And it allowed us to shout from the rooftops just how incredible rural Australia is in a way that I think if you grow up out here, you may be more wired to modesty. (laughs) And so, it, yeah, I think that's part of the, certainly been the joy for us is hearing from people in the city thanking us for allowing them to tap into a a part of Australian identity that they had felt removed from. But it's about so much more than money, isn't it? I mean, you've been described as a face of hope. I think it's about connection. And I mean, everywhere you look these days, there's so much division between the country and the city, between the left and the right, between big business and small business. And what this movement showed was that none of that really matters if you have a community-driven initiative that's geared towards outcomes. And I think there was very little division and a lot of hopeful unity in Buy From The Bush. And, and really, that's why people tune in. I think everybody is in the mood for positivity, but also proactive movements that tap into that sense of collective identity as opposed to this division. How did you end up in the bush, Grace? You said that you grew up in the city? Yes, I grew up in the city and met a boy who was at boarding school in Sydney and he became my husband and I moved out here for love. It sounds like it was a bit of a baptism of fire on the family farm as well. Yeah, I think they all are, but ours certainly was. I moved out here and we then we got engaged and married and went on our honeymoon and we grown these enormous crops and returned in time for harvest and it started raining and and it didn't stop. So that first harvest was flooded and then it happened again the next year. And I think it was certainly a baptism of fire in the sense of realising you had very little control at times out here and, and learning to deal with that and make decisions around your future on the back of great uncertainty. So your husband's now managing properties and you're living on Old Bundamar. Yes, he now works for a, a corporate farming company. We moved from the family farm and kept our community of here in Warren. So we've been really fortunate and he's taken on what has turned out to be a much bigger job and been quite challenged in the role. So it's, yeah, it's been quite... <laughs> I hate the word journey, but quite a journey. And this is not to mention four children along the way. (laughs) Talk about multitasking. (laughs) 
just come along for the ride. <laughs> I'm sure they do. You've talked about the beginnings of Buy from the Bush. Now, as I said earlier, it is a multi-channel marketing platform run by a team of five women working part-time, mostly from bases in regional New South Wales. Where do you see Buy from the Bush being at now and where do you see it going in future? That's not an easy question to answer. Right now, we are trying to consolidate the enormous growth we had initially. It remained a social media campaign run by two or three of us in a volunteer capacity for the first year. And then at the end of that year, we got a big corporate partner in the form of PayPal and we launched an an online marketplace and that allowed us to draw revenue and be self-sustainable. So now we're a year into that or a bit over a year into that marketplace now and we really need to build a business and make it a profitable one and grow our eyeballs on the website and compete in a deadly space of market <laughs> marketplace e-commerce and try and tell this unique story of, of impact and purposeful shopping. And whether we can do that and survive is, I suppose, not yet known, but we're hopeful. As you mentioned, I've built this incredible team of very skilled women, most of whom are in the bush and very passionate about what we do. So we balance out the mechanics of business with also the social impact arm and trying to raise the capacity of small businesses out here and tap into corporate partners to create opportunities for business owners to kind of level up some of their digital skills. So it's always a balancing act between, in some ways, our mission and the bottom line. And I think that will probably go on for sometime. We have a platform called Stay in the Bush also, which encourages people to go and stay in the most incredible accommodation in rural Australia. And I think it really comes down to us wanting that greater connection between the city and the bush and and that mutual understanding, which I think can be lacking a lot. And my idea is that if people know more about rural communities, then they will definitely care more when there is the next crisis and they'll be enabled to support households and communities. So that's what we're working towards. We believe that by enabling small business and empowering founders, we can help to crisis-proof rural Australia. And it's a lofty goal, but we think it's one that's worth working towards. So you mentioned there's a team of five women working behind the multi channel marketing platform now. There's also about 170 businesses currently selling through Buy From The Bush that are mainly run by women. Is this really about recognising that women have a role in crisis proofing their family's farm income or more than that or both? It's both. When I used to tell people that I was moving to Warren, they would say, nurse or a teacher, become a nurse or a teacher and you'll always have a job. I think that that's changing and we need nurses and teachers more than ever out here. But We also need diversity and we need women and men to feel like there is opportunity in rural Australia beyond traditional industries. There's nothing really holding us back from that, especially in the wake of COVID where everything went remote. You can no longer say that I need to be sitting in an office in George Street in Sydney to be achieving company objectives. People have been enabled to work from anywhere. And so women should, I will will hope that when they consider moving to a rural community, they know that they can do most things from here. And that would be an enormous win for the bush. But I do also think that in times of crisis, women take on an incredible role, probably across the board, but particularly in farming communities, because it's the farm stops producing an income or, or producing revenue potentially, but it doesn't stop needing the employees to work on farm. So it's not as if people can kind of drop tools 
and go off and work elsewhere. That cash flow comes from elsewhere and often it is women going back to work or building a business. And I would hope that there is more investment in enabling women in the workforce out here, both through tech, but also really practical things like where I live, there is no after school care, there's no childcare in school holidays. Many of the women I work for are in the same boat. So when it comes to school holidays, we're really working around all sorts of distractions and it's super disruptive. And of course, it's it's a bit of a, you know, you're a bit hamstrung. So there's so much to be done. I want to do it by celebrating the positive and incredible output of rural small business. And I hope by shining a spotlight on that, there'll be a bit of an awakening as to the the incredible potential and opportunity that lies out in these communities. Ag tech gets a lot of airtime and Australians are pushing the envelope with ag tech and it's incredibly exciting. But but there's also these other industries like e-commerce and other things that I think deserve some attention. Grace, it's been fantastic speaking with you. Thank you for all you do for the bush and thank you for your time today. Thanks, Sari. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for lending your ears to the RM Williams Outback Great Australians podcast. The people we featured truly inspired us and made for a great yarn, which is why they were featured in our Great Australians publication. But you know what? Our bi-monthly RM Williams Outback magazine is chock full of people just like this, as well as so many of the amazing places that are all around our country, away from the bright lights of our cities. They're brought to life through the crafted words of our writers and the talent of our photographers and their stunning images. We'd love you to become a part of the Outback family by subscribing. Go to www.outbackmag.com.au or give us a ring on 02-9028-5428 during business hours and you'll get to deal with a real human at the end of the line who will sort out home delivery for you wherever you are. That number again, 02-9028-5428. RM Williams Outback Magazine is also available in Good News Agents. Now's the time to upgrade to a new Ram truck. With unrivaled Hemi V8 power and a max brake towing capacity of up to four and a half tonnes. With quick delivery available right now, you can get behind the wheel of a new Ram faster than ever. Stocks are limited, so see your Ram dealer or visit ramtrucks.com.au today. Ram eats everything else for breakfast. Stock and delivery times vary by model and dealer.